0: recording. Oh yeah.
1: Do you, want, do you want to do like ASMR with the claws? Of the-
0: Freddy. <laughs> Freddy.
1: <laughs> That's the the song from the. No, movie. No, I'm just
0: kidding. This is my OC f- Fanny. What did I say?
1: <laughs> I think you said Fanny. I said Francine.
0: Francine is a good is a good Freddy Krueger yeah. female OC. Gender band. Ge-
1: yeah. What is that rule? Not not rule thirty four that's the other one
0: uh, <laughs> rule thirty four is real
1: <laughs> uh, anyway, welcome to movies after midnight um it's yeah we are we are back in the saddle. This is like the fanciest setup we've probably had since movies after midnight has been its own like that's because thing. I finally
0: cleaned up a little bit,
1: <laughs> and also we, we have a guest from the olden days of movies after midnight.
0: Hello, I'm Aaron. It's so wonderful to be back, yeah so great to be here
1: how's how's life been
0: (laughs) oh you know I'm just in the city of angels thriving um oh my god you live in LA I live in LA now (laughs) I'm uh yeah I live in Los, Los Angeles California um and it's a good time yeah I'm having a great time
1: same um so, um, yeah, we, um, we are talking today about, uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> that, that seems as good as no, I just to switch I'm gears so sorry. I
0: was laughing because I was, I was, like, thinking about how I could make a Dracula's Dirty Daughter joke, mm. but I just free- figured we should probably not make one of those. Yeah, I mean,
1: you kind of did just now <laughs> just by Just now I did, that. yeah, I,
0: I outed the film, um. <laughs>
1: um, so we are talking about the film Dracula's Daughter, which is a, uh, universal, um, I should have checked the dates on this. I want to say it was like. I can check the 42, date. Forty-two, really forty-three. Um, it was uh, sort of the second um, second run of the Universal horror cycle because they had kind of this pattern where they would release thirty-six. I like, uh, was, you know, ten years off. What's?
0: Don't worry. <laughs> um, I'm not like judging you. <laughs>
1: Just kidding. Uh, but yeah, they so they released uh, so. Dracula was, like, kind of the genesis of the universal, like, horror film fran- like franchise, I guess, back in the mm-hmm. day. And then they followed that up with Frankenstein, and then Wolfman, uh, and they did The Mummy, which I talked about a few podcasts back, and how The Mummy, like, on a formulaic level, is basically just Dracula.
0: <laughs> and then, thankfully, they rebooted the franchise with 2015... <laughs>
1: Oh, I don't don't know. We skipped a couple of reboots there. With the Tom
0: Cruise mummy. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
1: But, uh, and then uh, after that, that was when we got films like uh, Bride of Frankenstein. Mm -hmm. And uh, Dracula's Daughter was kind of like, supposed to be like the Bride of Frankenstein of the Dracula series. But for whatever reason, I just... It's, like, an official, like, major universal film, but for some reason I just never hear about it. Well, and, like, and like you
0: can tell they spent money Yeah, on it. it's like,
1: Yeah, it's not like a... it's not, It wasn't, like, a throwaway film. Honestly, no, like, if I'm being honest, official, it looks
0: like... better than Bride of Frankenstein a little bit. <laughs> <clears throat> um, yeah,
1: which is which is partly why I, why I asked Erin to join me, because she's kind of the old of Hollywood. It's kind of her wheelhouse, so... That is so, so kind of you. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> <All
0: right. laughs>
1: And then I'm talking about it because of all the gay subtext, and like that's my wheelhouse. Can I tell you the funniest thing? I should not have hit the table that hard.
0: Whoa, (laughs) calm down. Um, (laughs) I, I I remember that. That's something I picked up, and I didn't even know this. It was supposed to be like a subtextual gay movie. But uh, I gotta I, say, it's not it's very like, subtextual for the time. I feel like it's very overt. I mean, like, yeah, literally, in that why... first scene, she's like, thank God, I can finally live with a woman. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, I think she said live as a woman, not with oh, a
0: woman. Oh, I thought she said live with a woman. I was like, oh! <laughs>
1: <laughs> Turns okay. out... Okay! That would be... That feels like a film in and of itself, like Dracula is just really homophobic, so he won't let his kid, like, like, (laughs) Hotel Transylvania 4.
0: Oh my god, I was reading up on it, right, and the really interesting thing is, is that they couldn't actually use any copyrighted dracula material and oh. so that's why you don't see dracula at all it was kind of like that you know that james bond film that like well, never say die or whatever yeah the fuck, ne- never, where never again yeah, yeah yeah never say never again is that it yeah oh my god well, it's
1: because connery was like well i'm never gonna play bond again and his wife was like we'll never say never again and then, so like <laughs> 30 years later when he was making a she Bond movie again he was, like, he
0: was like damn it Um, But, like, it was like that, where, like, they were able to make that, but through some weird rights Mm. technicality. Yeah. And so, like, yeah, Dracula, they didn't actually have the rights to his character or anything, so you don't ever see him, and there's, like, mm. all new characters.
1: That actually explains, because the one returning character is uh, uh, Edward Van Sloan playing the same uh, professor, uh, Abraham Van Helsing, who is not, who is... The same inspiration as Gabriel Van Helsing from the 2004 movie, but not so, not really the same character. Anyway, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, Edward Van Sloan comes back, and he's playing the same character, but they start calling him Vaughn Helsing now, and I think that's because of the rights issue Vaughn that just Helsing. clicked for me. Vaughn Helsing! Because you, know, <laughs> you know Van and Vaughn, like, it's the same so thing, So fucking right? different.
0: <laughs> that is so funny. <laughs>
1: um... But yeah, also, also, like I, I was struck by by like, uh, we were watching this, and and you were like, "Wow, I'm not used to you showing me good movies for this podcast."
0: <laughs> I didn't mean to be so. You know what? I, I keep it real. No, uh, it's not that. Like, like, and not in like a. And not in, like, a quality way, just the restoration of it looks Mm. so good compared Mm, to, like, any old...
1: Also, (laughs) like, like, it is, like, yeah. It's a really, really good restoration, yeah. yeah. But also, I mean, again, like I said, it is, like, a lot of times I'll be like, yeah, this movie has this, this, and this issue, but, like, you should still watch it because of these things. Whereas Mm -hmm. this one, I'm like, this is just this is just straight up a good movie and like it's weird that I don't hear about it but like yeah literally
0: like nobody talks about it and it's like in its time it was super successful so I wonder why everyone just like maybe it's because it lacks that like Dracula iconography or whatever I
1: I think so yeah because people have compared it to Bride of Frankenstein Mm -hmm. and talked about how it did like it did kind of come out the lesser of the two and I think it's because it doesn't have that maybe because it doesn't have as much like connective fiber
0: yeah yeah maybe that might be it that might be it because it's almost like an unofficial sequel it's almost like yeah. it's almost like the when you watch halloween one and two and then you watch three and it has not a goddamn thing to do with anything it's kind of <laughs> like that a little bit
1: halloween three is coming up a lot lately
0: <laughs> that's because it's um it's an amazing film yeah
1: yeah, there we go but why
0: <laughs> halloween three no <laughs> um
1: so yeah to to get into talking about the actual movie yeah um it picks up literally like the moment after the original film ends, and I guess um, I actually in it's a very, very well.
0: Halloween two way. Honestly, I mean, yeah, another
1: yeah, actually I, now that I'm thinking about it, I want to say, uh, um, Jonathan and Mina were like there at the end of Dracula, so I guess they just like got the heck out of dodge. And Van Helsing was like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll clean were, up. Like, Don't you worry." Do you kids. guys
0: do you like need me because? <clears throat> if I get past traffic, that would be, like, straight up. And then the set is, like, kind of the same, but, like, yeah, a little different, you know? I mean, uh,
1: but he, yeah, it basically picks up with him and the police arrive, and they're like, there's all these dead people around. What did you do? And I he's love like, him
0: because he's just like, I did you a service. I can't explain it, but you're lucky i killed all these people
1: <laughs> yeah he's like i killed these vampires for you you can thank me later and they're he's like, like what the fuck we're, is we're a vampire? actually going to arrest you now sir and he's like i'm uh, sure i guess
0: my favorite line in the whole movie is at the beginning when they're like hey, if only we knew what these two pricks in his neck were
1: <laughs> yeah well they keep saying these two marks above the jugular vein <laughs> like I very we specifically, don't know what vampires like, are. Yeah. <laughs> also like the the fact that they have to point out the jugular vein. I don't know what like
0: cuz that's where the blood comes out. I
1: mean, that does actually remind me cuz I was watching some of the Frankenstein sequels like uh Son of Frankenstein and stuff and they did start like Son of Frankenstein had this whole mm-hmm. thing about like well, actually, Victor only thought it was lightning, and actually it was these cosmic rays that science of his time didn't understand <laughs> that gave the monster life. And so, that like, they did, like, kind of start, as we start getting into the more, like, sci-fi era of the 40s and 50s, mm-hmm. I feel like they started slowly edging into, like, trying to kind of backbuild... Like sci fi reasons for things in these movies. So yeah,
0: yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Which
1: actually, like, there's a lot of, like, hypnosis and psychology in this one, too, and we'll get to that. Yeah, but, uh, very fascinating. <laughs> yeah, but uh, we, so we spend some time with Van Helsing, uh, Von Helsing.
0: Von Helsing? Von. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, and then we cut to, um, well, not really cut to, um, we are introduced to uh, the titular. The ty- daughter of dracula uh Mar- maria zaleska Goddamn, what like,
0: a fierce bitch
1: yeah she comes in and this like I-, I don't know like full full body like, like shawl and look. then she like yeah like is like f- for the runway like every every Straight moment of this movie up. um and she basically she uh steals dracula's body so that she can like make sure it's burned for good and there's i was talking about there's this really great shot Of how she like fashions a cross out of these like sticks and like holds it up to kind of like invoke like you know you know like i condemn you to the fires of perdition or whatever i don't know um and but she's like holding the cross but because she's a vampire she has to go like this and like it's like it's silly when i do it but (laughs) um but like from a from a thematic perspective that's like I think right away it sets up this really fascinating angle of her character where she's, like, she's not, like, the pure evil character that Dracula was, where she's got this, like, reluctance, where she's, like, trying to, like, hold on to things that kind of, like, repel her, sort of.
0: Well, there's also this very fascinating, like, almost sins of the parents vested in the children, like, Ibsen Mm. kind of thing going with, like, the dad and her because... I don't know. I really <laughs> They're the all talking hair. about, like, her psychic connection with him and, and him, like, oh, affecting yeah. her from the grave. So there's almost this, like, ambiguity of if she's even, like, in control of her actions the entire time and how reliable mm. she is as, like, a source and a narrator. Mm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And yeah. also,
1: like, um, I'll get into it later, because, like, there's a lot of different things you could take away from this movie, but they mm-hmm. do get kind of messy when you start realizing they're all in the same movie. And if that's, like, one thing I would point mm-hmm. out, like... That's probably it. Um, but again, like I'm trying to like keep things in order. Um, but yeah, she so she does that, and we're also introduced to her like I don't know, boy toy sidekick, obsessed uh, with him, uh, Sandra, I think. Oh his name. my god! Is this, this really big, really goth man? <laughs>
0: Super goth dude! Oh my! <laughs> with like
1: that, I, I don't know. Who? It's like not quite a Mo Howard haircut.
0: Sheesh. Like. <laughs>
1: It's, I, I, I didn't expect him to be the one that I, I... yeah.
0: You thought it would be the British detective? I mean, I don't really
1: know who I thought also, it would be, but like...
0: <laughs> That's fair. Um, also, okay, wait, 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 wait. I have to talk about, because I just remembered it, that mm-hmm. sequence, right? So they're going to Transylvania... And yeah. it was very fascinating how they did the transition to it oh. because they just like showed a plane exterior and then it would, they were in Transylvania. Yeah, they like, all we established there's a sudden. plane, boom. There's a plane and we're it's right, here. It's
1: like, well, it's like that, you know, those Indiana Jones shots where they have like a map <laughs> yeah. and like. The dots, but it's like the quickest version of that you can get away with. It's almost
0: like the the same kind of angles as like a CGI model of an airplane. <laughs> I
1: mean, it could have been a miniature, honestly. Yeah,
0: yeah. But um, I loved that transition into Transylvania. I just yeah. had to point it
1: out. Um, but yeah, and then we're also... The the kind of third plot thread is Van uh, Van Helsing. They're asking Van Helsing, like... I'm going to call him Van Helsing because that's his name. Von Helsing? Um, <laughs> uh, They're asking him, like... Well, you're going to need someone to, like... Defend you in court and like, like tell everyone that you're sane. Do you know anyone? And he's like, Yeah, there's this psychiatrist that studied under me. And he, this psychiatrist comes in and he's like the, I don't know, like the young white guy that every like universal horror movie needs to have. Uh, and hi- him and his. I can't. What did. She's like his secretary, she's but they his have secretary this
0: secretary like, who. And they're definitely like. Getting down and dirty behind. But the scenes. they
1: they have this line where he says something about like, you're a. If you weren't a baroness's daughter, you wouldn't be so something or other, and oh. they just throw that in there.
0: And there's that moment when like she calls him and it's just like, hey, I'm a I'm a, I'm calling you about something. <laughs> And oh, then he's yeah. like, Oh, what is it? And she's like, Just kidding, it's me. And so it's yeah. like the weirdest relationship it's, I've ever seen yeah, in well, like an old Hollywood film.
1: Well, I feel like the thing is their relationship <laughs> works, but they feel like every time they're together, it feels like a dynamic from a completely different movie.
0: Yeah, it's just like he like <laughs> that's the only thing that didn't really work for me. Like he literally hates her the whole yeah. time. <laughs> and then at the end, like she like gets got by Dracula's daughter and they go yeah. to Transylvania. And then he was like, No, you're my love and I was like, what the hell? Yeah, I, I
1: was salty about that.
0: <laughs> well, I think, I think it's just because they can't be gay.
1: I mean, yeah. Because
0: there was a lot of subtext between... It, it was yeah. a very, like, showgirls kind of relationship between the secretary lady and Dracula's daughter.
1: Mm. Yeah, I can kind of... It see, seemed yeah. like
0: one of hatred.
1: Mm. <laughs> yeah, because uh, actually, yeah, we can kind of get into that. So mm-hmm. we follow the, those two around for a while, and then uh, him and... Um, Countess Zaleska meet up because uh, she's like in still like, hanging out in London and they meet up on the set of My Man Godfrey.
0: Literally, is it, it was talk, the, there's, the like, room, the
1: window that the guy gets thrown out of. There's like the room the is fireplace. literally the exact
0: same layout as My Man Godfrey, and I'm not even fucking around. Like it's like, act- uh, actually, yeah. it, it it literally looks like the exact same set. <laughs> I, and that could have happened. The year, the dates line up.
1: Yeah, I'm not convinced that it's not the same set. Right? Um, yeah, deadass. <laughs> but they, like, meet up, and he's talking about, like... Oh, yeah, there's lots of compulsions that could be cured with psychology, and since <laughs> she's, like, kind of looking to shrug off this vampire thing, she's like, oh, things could be cured. Yeah, huh? yeah, She, yeah. she le- like, uh, Gloria Holden is the actress that plays uh, Countess Zaleska, and she, like, she leers so well, like, just... Mm-hmm super snatched brows doing the like I don't know like the goth stare. You know
0: who she reminds me of? She reminds me uh like she could have played the girl, the woman in Sunset Boulevard.
1: I don't know if I've seen Sunset Boulevard. It's
0: like the the one where she's like I'm ready for my close-up Mr. DeMille. And oh, okay. She's like that like crazy silent film actress. Mm. It was very similar in tone to that. It was you know, like yeah. it was like the one step before you get to that Sunset Boulevard performance for sure. Yeah.
1: Which, like, I feel like kind of slowly, like, I mean, Dracula already did it with, like, Bella Lugosi, but, like, Mm -hmm. I feel like she definitely steps into that thing of, like, I think once you become a vampire, you just become super extra and melodramatic. (laughs) It's just part of the territory.
0: Honestly, true.
1: (laughs) Because, like, again, them outfits. Um,
0: Yeah, and there was this really interesting subtext, too, with, like, I thought it was really interesting that they, like, kidnap this girl in the, like, second act, right? Yeah. Because she needs to, like, drink blood or whatever because she's a fucking vampire. Yeah. um, And this yeah, it... girl, like, they're like, do you want to come model and take pictures? And she's like, yeah, sure. And then they're, like, getting her drunk
1: yeah, so that they can like... take
0: nudie pictures. And I was like...
1: Yeah, well, they kind of they kind of like unicorn coupled her, too. You it's could like...
0: tell it's like you could tell this is like the cusp of like the production code like oh, yeah. becoming because oh, yeah. it's like it's like one step in, one step out, you know.
1: But that's yeah, um, I was that's that was my joke. I was like, they kind of unicorn coupled her, <laughs> where he's like, "Hey, me and my wife are looking for a third to join <laughs> us in the bed." Ba- <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> Straight up though. Uh, but yeah, that scene is really important because like with Dracula with the original novel like vampire vampiring like the whole like blood sucking was very like analogous to sex and sexuality and like a lot of a lot of writers like Bram Stoker really kicked it off but like a lot of writers wrote about vampires as a way to kind of like talk about sexuality without talking about sexuality cuz it's like you no know, we're just writing about a guy drinking someone's blood that's not sex um That's and so, not like sex at all like vampirism and sexuality have like have had this by the time this film was made they've had like this correlation, and so like you always see Dracula pursuing these younger women, so to have her uh like targeting like targeting is like you know it's it's, it's still kind of creepy the context, but like to have her targeting this younger woman as a woman like very firmly firmly establishes
0: (laughs) I think that's going to be a word honestly it sounds
1: like a word Um, very firmly establishes this like Lesbian, bisexual, kind of subtext. Because, like, yeah. I say bisexual, because she does like have this guy around that, like, it's sort of implicit that they've been a thing.
0: Is it really implicit? Because I, I got I the know, vibes got... that he, they were like, they were like, you know, um, each other's like,
1: uh, like the beard couple. Yeah, kinda. yeah, yeah. That's
0: the word. That's the word I was mm. looking for. Yeah, that's kind of the vibe I, I got. Could, I
1: could kind of see that.
0: I mean, as much I... as I would like him to take I me mean, out on a night of the time.
1: I mean, I, I do. <laughs> The one thing that uh, made me think there was at least something at some point Uh was near the end when she's like, um, because she eventually, she talks to the psychiatrist and she's like convinced that he can like help her be not a vampire. And he eventually is like, you're killing people. I don't want anything to do with you. And she's like, (laughs) her reaction is funny because it's like, oh, now that I've killed people, you're just going to be a dick about it. Okay. (laughs) I Um, thought we were fucking friends. (laughs) But, um, like, she she kidnaps his girlfriend because she's like, I have her and, like, you're going to need to come to me. And she's like... Tell Sander, she's like, I want to make him a vampire, and he's but like... wait,
0: is it the, the secretary lady? Yeah. Oh, okay, good. Oh my god, the yeah, way no. you were talking about it, I was like, is it a different character? No, yeah, Oh no. my god, um,
1: <laughs> okay. But uh, she tells Sander, her, like, partner, she's like, I'm gonna make him a vampire, and he's like, hey, you promised to make me a vampire. Have you forgotten about that? And so that's that was, mm. like, what kind of gave me the impression that maybe at some point they were a thing and like the fires had just kinda gone cold over time.
0: Hmm, that makes sense. That makes sense. I also think the detective character is very interesting. Oh <laughs> yeah. Because he doesn't do a goddamn thing the whole time. Yeah, he just, like he just kind of goes around following the wrong leads. Yeah, and, and I love like, the kind of like video game setup of it, where like he's out doing all these kooky adventures, and uh, then he has some people back at the like the home base who are like, call <laughs> him and tell him that's not oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> or like, I, I really really love that element yeah, of it's it. It's
1: very there's a uh, there's a D- interactive DVD game called Dracula Unleashed. Mm-hmm. And, like, you're absolutely, like, a lot of his scenes where he's investigating to have exactly the energy of that game now that I'm thinking about Yeah, it.
0: like, if you've seen Knives Out, you could kind of understand that kind of dynamic where, like, there's a lot of, like, inside information in which, like, I guess dramatic irony more so, mm. where, um, yeah, we're watching him be completely incorrect, and we're kind of yeah. sticking around the whole time to see if he's gonna figure it out or not.
1: yeah because yeah, he's like oh puncture wounds on the jugular vein i wonder what caused that
0: i couldn't get over it I Like, <laughs> i wonder what these two red marks are they must mean t- i don't know what they mean they must mean something
1: <laughs> yeah um but actually with the hypnosis subtext and with her uh kidnapping him or trying to kidnap him mm-hmm. that actually was what really what really made me think that that like because i i wasn't sure like what the the like if the yay subtext was something was like kind of a reception theory thing mm-hmm. but like that, that was, whole bit oh, yeah, to yeah. me really felt like like something that some something that only someone like i feel like in the community would have had like come up with because there's this very like if you're like part of the the like alphabet community and you've come from like a very like closeted background i feel like it's not uncommon to have this idea of like i wish i could be cured or i wish i could like have this taken away from me Mm -hmm. and like eventually you kind of learn that like this this isn't something that's going to go away and you have like you learn to like you know take it as part of yourself and i think that's very much her arc where she's got this thing and she's like i i can be cured and especially by by putting all her hopes on this man it's like with the lesbian subtext it's it's almost like a lot of those people that are like you know if i marry a guy or if i marry a woman and i like i get in this like cishet relationship then that'll fix me and i won't like want these things anymore Mm -hmm. and so like her putting all this on on him and like they kind of like defang that near the end because she's like oh now i see i can never be cured i just want to be vampires with him but like the the actions say otherwise um yeah but like i i feel like that's kind of her the tragedy of her character arc is that she never she never really comes to terms with who she is and that's why she ends up like kind of kind of failing because she keeps like pushing for this guy to fix her when really it's like she has to like deal with herself
0: yeah and even when you trace it back to like the um
1: for a movie in 36 that is like
0: <laughs> really big yeah yeah but if even if you trace back the like uh, influences of the film since they couldn't I, I don't remember this like I don't remember exactly if where the influence came in if it was the script writer or who brought it up but hmm. there's like murmurings that um the script is loosely based off of this novel called Camille, because they couldn't Uh get all of Bram Stoker's stuff, or for Dracula exactly, so they had to pull some of the subtext from another kind of source material, and that um, source material deals with a Victorian lesbian relationship, I um, think?
1: I I actually, I have, actually, I'm going to be right back.
0: Um, We're we're going to take a little break. (laughs) I've
1: had this for ages. Oh my god. Okay, we're back. Sick. So in the vampire book. Let me just pull up honestly uh, I don't know if this this book is like pretty darn exhaustive, like in terms of vampire media, and I don't know if it mentions Dracula's daughter.
0: That is whack to me.
1: Let me, just, let me just pull up the uh, Carmilla. Carmilla is the title character in the Vampire Novelette by British writer Sheridan Le Fanu. Uh, what else did she do? Originally published a short story in the collection titled In a Glass Darkly in 1872. Uh, Sterile or... Uh, I mean, yeah, now I'm just reading out of a book. but uh,
0: Very informational, though.
1: Um, I want to say Carmilla was... Uh, it predated Dracula, and a lot of people think it's where.
0: Uh... Where Bram Stoker got his idea.
1: Yeah, so it makes sense ah, that they would like. Ah, pull yeah, from
0: that. I think that's what it was. Because they couldn't pull from mm-hmm. Bram Stoker, they went ahead and pulled from what he pulled from. That's yeah. what it was. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. Which I think is very, very interesting for them to pull that and leave that subtext in it for 1936. That is very true. Yeah. Because, actually, pre-code films, you have a lot of films that, like, really explore lesbian subtexts in particular.
1: Yeah. yeah, like, which is, like, yeah. Like,
0: there are a lot of, yeah, a lot of pre-code films. I think that's what I just said.
1: Yeah, like, it's, from a historical perspective, that's always interesting to think about. Because I feel like, in terms of, like, acceptance of a lot of things, we were, like, a lot farther along than people think. And then, like... Like the there's something about like coming home from World War Two kind of like reset, set us back in terms of like well, a and lot then, of things.
0: And then like once Joseph Breen got in there and was kind of in charge of like all of these images from all the mm. studios, and once there was that system in place where, well system of censorship in place, you know, it was really hard to get that kind of subtext across in the same way. Yeah. And like sometimes you see it like for sure, but for the most part, it's just not there.
1: Yeah. Although we did, uh, th- the, this is like a whole tangent now, but mm-hmm. I, I always talk about uh, like Christine Jorgensen was one of the, I think she was the first, either the first trans woman or maybe just the first American trans woman to have like, s- to like medically transition.
0: <laughs> I thought you meant in general and I was like,
1: how? <laughs> <laughs> We've never really had the idea. <laughs>
0: I was like, my brain was like... She invented transsexualism
1: in 1950-some. But, uh, but, like, she, like, the way she was treated in, like, media and stuff, like, people would refer to her as she, and, like, as a woman, and, like, they, it, like, they were a little weird about the transition, but it was more, more, more from a perspective of, like, oh, that's interesting, than, like, the kind of, like, fired up hostility you get these days yeah and again like i think it ties back to like just like there's a lot of like I i don't know not to not to sound super like uh i don't know stereotypical or whatever but like these things were like not only did they exist but i feel like they were a lot more accepted than we sometimes think they were looking back
0: yeah yeah yeah, I think it's a complete misnomer that, like, the past was always somehow more socially behind than we are. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, like, I think this movie stands as a good, good uh, monument to that. Yeah,
0: a really, really good example of that. Because also, like, I mean, th- women are also, like, even talking about it from, like, a pseudo-feminist angle, mm. like, all the women in the film are never, like, questioned for their power. They just kind of, like, exist as empowered women. Y- yeah, yeah you know even from the secretary like yeah the secretary is a secretary but like she's balanced out with like these other women who are yeah. like act like there's this huge conversation sequence yeah. where it's all women discussing things mm. and the men are just listening and it's very very fascinating yeah. in that and way and also
1: like with the secretary character they very mm. like very firmly establish that like she doesn't need this job she just kind of like she, do- she probably kind of just sticks around because she likes the guy yeah and so, like, the, yeah, that even even in that angle, like, what would normally be, like, a, a power dynamic kind of shifts.
0: Yeah, because she didn't give a fuck. <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, I, yeah. He,
0: I think, he, yeah, because you're right. He, like, threatens to fire, and she's like, well, one okay. time, Yeah. Well, one
1: time she quits, and he's like, Yeah, yeah, but you're coming with me, though. <laughs> I, like, that's a whole thing. But, like, again, it's still, like, at the end of the day, it's still her coming with him, not. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, a thousand percent. A thousand percent. But yeah, a very good movie. Very good film.
1: Yeah. It's yeah. I just I never hear about it, and that upsets me.
0: Yeah. This it's very odd to me too, because I feel like Universal monsters are such a huge thing. Yeah. Like there's such a huge niche community that like you just like I don't know why like literally Universal this year it had like a Bride of Frankenstein like haunted house you know where's the Dracula's daughter one? Yeah. Well,
1: it's funny because like you know the Bride of Frankenstein has become this very like iconic character. Mm -hmm. But, like, the the concept of, like, the daughter of Dracula has never been... I feel like it's never been revisited in anything.
0: Yeah, and I wonder if maybe it's because Bride of Frankenstein at least had Frankenstein in it. And yeah. I wonder if maybe some of the disconnect is that, like, Br- Dracula's daughter has no Dracula.
1: You know what Bride of Frankenstein also had? A bunch of, like, special effects people in little jars or whatever. And nobody talks about that.
0: Nobody says anything People like- just
1: kind of forget that happened. Um... <laughs> Oh, but, my God. but, yeah, like, because even, like, I feel like The Mummy was kind of, like, a deep cut mm. for a while until, like, the 1999 remake, like, brought it back into... Straight up.
0: Because, like, the big three I hear about all the time, at least, are, like, Dracula, Frankenstein, and um, uh, Invisible Man. Mm. But I might be biased towards Invisible Man. Yeah.
1: I still need to... I like
0: Claude Rains a lot.
1: Yeah. Uh, we need to talk about... Uh, oh, the
0: hypnosis?
1: Oh, that too. I was, uh, at some point, we need to talk about some of this, because pretty much every Universal Monster movie has, like, so many sequels.
0: That and, is so fucking uh, true.
1: There's a sequel to The Invisible Man about, like, his grandson fighting in world, like, using the Invisible Man serum to fight Nazis, and, like, Peter Laurie is in it as the <laughs> villain, and, like... I, I feel like I need to talk about that at some point. I
0: feel like I need to take a Ouija board to uh, a Hollywood <laughs> Forever to ask Peter Laurie about that. Be like, "How do yeah. you feel about that?" Yeah.
1: Apparently, his character in that movie was the inspiration for the uh, the like Nazi with the glasses in Raiders for the uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Huh. Yeah. Wow, that's I, I'm just cribbing like whole things from like a Cinemassacre episode. But uh, <laughs> yeah, interesting stuff. Interesting, interesting. But yeah, um, yeah. With Dracula's daughter, it, it reminds me of a lot of like early Hitchcock because like the main, the male lead is this like uh, mental, like psychotherapist. Um, yeah, and because psychotherapy, yeah, yeah, like it's a era. lot like Spellbound, where like, like uh... the idea is like hypnosis is just part of like this. It's it's sort of like that magic science kind of thing where like
0: Yeah and it's also like Spellbound in that they have like a Freud character.
1: Oh yeah. Which is weird because they're like repurposing uh, Abraham Van Helsing who was already Von like... Helsing yeah.
0: <laughs> 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 Just gonna keep doing that job <laughs> um
1: but yeah like it, it reminds me of Spellbound in that they're like yeah this is this is all actual science that we're pulling from and then like years later we're like that was maybe not as scientific as you thought but well
0: it's an even interesting interpretation of that because like they're all wrong
1: i mean yeah (laughs) you know that's a very fascinating thing about it because she's like how could how could someone be cured of like a compulsion because she's like (laughs) stopping just short of being like hey i'm a vampire Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah and he's like well, if there's an alcoholic, you know what we do? We trap, lock him in a room with, with all the alcohol we can. Also, like, the, the, I like, think the... I don't think there was any point in time where that was considered, like, a good idea.
0: I think that scene, and then the other scene that really screams it is when, like, he goes to visit her for the first time, and he's uh. like, you're the first lady with no mirrors around her house, and she goes, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> vampires can't see themselves in mirrors, and he's like, that's weird that you said that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah there is one point where she's pretty much all but spelling it out for him and he's she's like, like oh sh- weird language. i
0: am a vampire and he's like vampires aren't real
1: <laughs> he's like i'm sure mad at my secretary for prank calling me <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I-, I did like her prank call joke where she's like oh we're having elephants that are seeing pink men and that's like such a 30s joke
0: what does that mean i didn't get Uh, it
1: it's like i don't know that was like always a looney tunes gag is like people would fall asleep and see pink elephants in their dreams like
0: oh it's something i kept
1: seeing in looney tunes so like i
0: feel like dumbo has that in it too you know i think it does yeah okay got it got it got it
1: but it was like a very timely joke like i don't know it just yeah i agree but yeah and also like i feel like they they were doing that thing like i said with uh young frankenstein with son of frankenstein <laughs> um where um you have like cuz dracula was like hypnosis was like a dracula thing going back to the novel and especially emphasized in the movie and so like they're t- they're picking up that theme and just making it more like sciency kind of mm. But yeah, which which I think is the I think ultimately if there's one thing that worked against this movie, it's probably the fact that they had so much going on that it kind of like maybe interfered with itself sometimes.
0: Yeah, it was it's kind of trying to set up a lot of like okay, so it's trying to like really world build vampires, Mm. and it's like I think a little bit too much for the premise.
1: Yeah, like sometimes films
0: get carried away with the world and they forget that like nothing really like. You don't really have to spell it out that much, mm, you know?
1: Yeah. Um, it's more that's, about the individual yeah. story. That's an interesting thing to discuss with 40s movies as a whole, like, or with, like, universal movies especially, because it's, like, such a really broad franchise- is that they changed their rules a lot like Mm -hmm. from movie to movie
0: well and the films are really short compared to films nowadays so it's even harder to pack so much into it
1: um, like an interesting part of like the rule changing is part of that was just because it was an era where like like you didn't like you couldn't go rent a VHS of the first movie if you wanted Mm -hmm. to like double check how that went so like from kind of both the audience and the production angle like having to keep these consistent rules from movie to movie wasn't what they were focused on. So they were, like, kind the, of building things, like...
0: They did cast Dracula's daughter. She looks like Bela Lugosi's child.
1: She she does have, like, the same, like, vibe, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. But they de- you're totally right. They definitely rely on that level of ambiguity for sure, for yeah. sure.
1: Well, I think, yeah. And I think that's interesting to talk about just because, like, it just reflects the era we live in where, like now we think of like you know having consistency and having these callbacks and like everything like sometimes there are people who like place more more importance on that than what actually happened in the movie itself and like it's interesting to look back at a time where they were like y-. got very scared for you for a second <laughs> um but like looking back at a time where they were like oh yeah this is just a movie we're gonna make a movie and it'll operate on movie rules
0: well, which is maybe
1: a little flippant but like you know yeah
0: yeah yeah, yeah. no that's a really good point point. Um, and the idea that like nowadays every single thing has to be a franchise with like 10 different layers and this this and this and like backstories for every single character and this this mm. and this it has to be fully fleshed out for it to like be relevant and something that mm. people worked hard on Mm, Yeah. whereas like these films they were more like we're just gonna make what we're feeling
1: or like it's okay if we kind of like
0: break from our rules there's a lot more freedom I think which is like I don't think it's like a negative thing I think it's like a a more freeing thing for sure and I think it's a testament of the times changing in both of those ways too
1: yeah definitely
0: it definitely makes you look at our era of films and see like Dune is a huge prime example where like Dune it almost feels like
1: finally doing it.
0: <laughs> um, but it feels like a like it's setting up a world as opposed to being an individual film.
1: Mm, yeah.
0: It's meant to it's not a, it's not an individual film, it's a film for a franchise.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and that's like with Universal Monsters being kind of maybe one of the first really big film franchises. It's interesting especially cuz they built a franchise, but each of the movies very much is kind of, like, their own thing with maybe a callback or two.
0: Yeah, and it's, a, it's, I think, why Universal, like, stands the test of time in a very interesting way, because it's, like, all, it's, like, it's, like, almost like a Sherlock Holmes or, like, uh, like, I, there's one other example I was going to use that I lost, but all the stories are individual, so you don't yeah. need everything else. It's a very accessible... Which I-
1: Ironically, modern Universal would completely ignore when they're like, here's a Tom Cruise mummy movie, and also, like, Dr. Jekyll's there for some reason, and, like, I don't know, <laughs> Dark Universe. Woo! <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, woo-wee!
1: It's just really funny that probably the best and worst examples of cinematic universes are both Universal. <laughs>
0: It's true Because like I mean I don't think uh, Some things just Aren't meant for Some things are Better off Individual
1: Yeah
0: You know what I mean Um And the universal monsters They're more like Scenario characters As opposed to Mm -hmm. like Characters you follow For an extended period of time Yeah Yeah like what are you gonna follow Frankenstein on his day to day? No, you're gonna like watch Frankenstein well, in did... these very specific scenarios.
1: <laughs> you Which it kind of some Frankenstein that is Frankenstein almost day-to-day. that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> smoke
1: good. Yeah. Well, that was uh, this is another tangent, but uh, they uh, with the Hammer movies, um, it was interesting because their t- their take on Frankenstein was like the monster is pretty much done by the first movie. And they just follow Doctor Frankenstein doing increasingly screwed up things <laughs> over the course of his his life, and uh, that that was something I was going to touch on because usually, like. Hammer redid pretty much every universal monster and again this is one that they like never touched. And I wonder Although, like,
0: too like some of the other universal monster films they're not necessarily about the monster first. They're about other stories that are around yeah. the monster and this film is definitely very like it's about Dracula's daughter.
1: Yeah, she's probably the only like I mean Frankenstein was kind of the monster was kind of sympathetic. Uh, The Wolfman, usually Larry Talbot is like the protagonist if there's like, Mm -hmm. because they did start doing crossover movies later. There was like Mm. Castle of Dracula where they have like the Wolfman and Frankenstein and Dracula and And like And they
0: were like, it's our house now! um,
1: (laughs) uh, But yeah. Yeah, what were we even talking about? I got so distracted thinking about Monster Squad now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think we were just talking about how Dracula started with Liddy, fam. Yeah,
1: it was she's 100% like style goals, slay queen. Absolutely, but yeah, um, yeah. If you want to watch this movie yourself, or pretty much all the like classic Universal movies, are uh, free to watch on Peacock. Yeah, and the Peacock so,
0: like, restoration looks so fucking. It good. is so
1: good. It's so crispy. Um, so crispy. So yeah, you can check it out for yourself. Um, I would say it's a good time.
0: Not sponsored. Uh,
1: especially, especially on on this this All Hallows of eves. That's All
0: Hallows of
1: the eves. Of the eves, Sea override. Don't go to sleep. <laughs> I'll uh, be there. <laughs> but yeah. Um, One two. So yeah, watch Kylie. Dracula's daughter. Is, that, <laughs> is there anything you wanna you wanna promote? Uh, any any place that can.
0: I just had a makeup line come out with Kylie Jen- <laughs> <laughs> just kidding <laughs> I'm totally Perfect. kidding that is a fucking joke because uh, um, I'm Francine <laughs> or I'm Franny or whatever the fuck I'm Fran Fine um, I don't have anything to promote no uh, you can follow yeah. me at Erin Aaron, Erin Aaron, Erin Aaron, E-R-Y-N-N three times on Instagram I am a filmmaker and actress and model Yeet. in Los Angeles California
1: yeah, do that.
0: Yeah.
1: And you can find, fucking better. And you can find me right here. Wherever. Because, like, if you found this podcast, this is it. This. So, like.
0: You find me right here. You, if, you could, if
1: you're looking for me, you've, you've already done it. My coordinates are. Um, you found me. Yeah, so, yeah. Hell yeah! yeah. Thank you for having me, Evelyn. This is a very good time. Thanks for coming on. Like, it was a good time. We live
0: in our glory days.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm hoping to like get back to regular podcasting, so that look forward to that in the future. Uh, I got some plans for November. Um, Other than that, yeah, I guess I will see you guys next time.
0: Hell yeah.